Welcome to Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast about entrepreneurship-led economic development. Here is your host, David Ponraj, founder and CEO of Economic Impact Catalyst. Welcome, Carol, to Breaking Down Barriers. We're really excited to have you in person today in our office talking about how small businesses can get ahead with business contracting, with with government contracts, et cetera. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Tell me a little bit about your work uh, just for our audience. So, you know, what are you working on now and uh, what are the kinds of uh, businesses you work with? Yeah, so uh, probably I'll give a little kind of history in a nutshell so it's not too long. But, you know, my background is um, uh, I was in the Navy for 13 years, and that's where I got my start in the acquisition community. When I came off of active duty, I continued to work in contracting and uh, worked for some federal agencies, some city agencies. But uh, my last job uh, as a government worker was at the U.S. Small Business Administration, and there uh, my job was primarily dealing with anybody that was looking for government contracts of a small business, because that's one of the SBA's three core mission areas. And um, I worked with a lot of minority-owned businesses and uh, the 8A program, that's a business development program. And uh, But I was also the primary veterans business liaison. But basically, anybody that came into the office and they were looking for some help in that, uh, that was really my job to try to gear them into finding their pathway into the world of government contracts and, and being successful at that. Uh, and it was about that time when I was working there that I, I saw a big need for more education because we had about three kind of one-on-one level uh, classes, but in this world, it, there's a lot that you got to know. So um, I thought, hey, wouldn't this be a great idea if there was like this online training platform that was available 24-7, works with the busy business owner schedule, and they could come in here and get the education that they needed to be successful. So. Uh, in 2012, we set out to do that, and uh, we launched our company originally as Waypoint America, which is still our legal name, and then uh, now we uh, are under the DBA of Govology, and so uh, it's just been a, a nice run. It's been about 12 years in the making now, and uh, now we have uh, about 150 online classes all for small businesses that are looking to get government contracts, um, everything from startup to even uh, more seasoned contractors. And we have a unique model because while we do have an option where you can do like a pay-per-view training or a a single user subscription, we work with a lot of nonprofits and government agencies and economic development centers across the United States who are looking for just a, a, a good plug and play resource. So when they have small businesses coming through their doors, uh, they say, hey, we've got this great Gabology platform and then they're able to plug their small businesses in with that at no cost to the small business. And we have a, a starting foundational series uh, that is the basis and then kind of things branch off from there. So <laughs> that's what we've been up to. and. Um, where are we looking to go in the future? Uh, we've really did a good job with of building out uh, the platform to have the content that we want. And uh, you know, we're looking for more partners around the country that is interested in bringing Govology as a resource to uh, their economic development center, their nonprofit chambers. Uh, so th- this is kind of the primary uh, model that we look at and through these partnerships 
uh, we can work together to offer on this training to small businesses and make it affordable. Yeah, this is uh, a brilliant conversation. And I want to kind of help set the stage because a lot of small business owners don't know uh, about government buying, yeah. government procurement. And the government is your best uh, customer because they will always pay. Yeah, They may not pay on time because yep. we have experience of them not paying on time, but they will always pay. Yeah. And can you talk to us about why it's like a black box? Why do not more people know about it? Uh, what are the typical barriers you've seen to business owners not even having information about government contracting? Yeah, that's a great question because um, it's amazing with all of the information that's out there uh, about things. If a business owner was connected with any of the resource partners like the, the SBA has, small business development centers, women's business centers, veteran business outreach centers. There's a lot of resources and these resource partners would definitely tell them about the programs, but it's surprising because I was at a, uh, uh, a Hispanic um, chamber of commerce uh, meeting out in Oregon. And I, I asked the audience to raise their hand on who knows about the, uh, the SBA's 8A business development program, which would really be great for a lot of those businesses and not one person raised their hand in the room. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And so I, I do think that there's, there's still some work out there to really educate people on these programs. But also, um, as we were talking earlier, uh, before we got started, uh, folks need to also understand that even with the certification, uh, how to use it and how to make the best use of it. And we definitely have some training on Gavology for anybody that's uh, going through our pathway series. We have uh, one training that educates on all of the federal small business certifications. And then we touch on what they can kind of get state and local wise, but we don't go deep on that because every state is different with what they have uh, to offer uh, on those certifications. And um, outside of that, we have separate trainings where it's like if you wanted to go out and apply for the service disabled veteran owned certification through the SBA or the 8A certification. So we have also some training that steps you through how to go through the application process and also points out where some of the free resources are that you can go to in your state to get help with those certifications. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about the different entities you work with? Uh, I think uh, one of them uh, did change to the Apex Accelerator, yep. right? Things like that. Can you talk about the SBDCs uh, and the other entities that like, because uh, people can't just, I mean, they could go through your video series to a government website to apply, but there are also people designated yes. for taxpayer dollars to help them. That's correct. Yes. And so uh, we have a great accelerator program here in the state of Florida. And uh, I believe almost every state, in fact, I think every state now has a, what they call an apex accelerator. These used to be called the procurement technical assistance centers. And so the federal government actually has grant funds that go out to fund resource partners like small business development centers. We talked about women's business centers. So this particular program with the Apex Accelerators is a program that was originally uh, stood up in the mid 80s. And uh, 
basically the government was like, why are we paying so much for things? And they're like, well, you don't have anybody competing. So they're like, let's get some competition. So really it was designed both to help government get competition while at the same time helping businesses get involved because it is a more complex marketplace to navigate and, and win in. Um, so the, the DLA, I'm not going to talk too much about the DLA, but in a nutshell, it's a division of the Department of Defense, but they've kind of moved up under uh, the Department of Defense Office of Small Business Programs. And when they made that move, that's when they also changed the name to Apex Accelerators. But they fund centers in every state that has humans that you can go and sit down with. And this is why a lot of uh, we have about 80 percent of um, our enterprise clients are Apex Accelerators. So and the training and the counseling kind of work hand in hand, because when you get the training, uh, a lot of times that enables you to go do some things, but there's times where you might need some help in implementing what you learn. So you can go to these centers and say, hey, uh, I'm kind of stuck on this, or what are they talking about here? And, and those folks are really funded for that particular special purpose to provide that kind of technical knowledge and assistance uh, to the businesses. And this is a free resource. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. there's no reason why uh, a lot of our practitioners are business support organizations, yeah. a lot of nonprofits. There's no reason why they shouldn't be leveraging this to get their businesses in front of government contracts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me a little bit about this 8A program. Uh, I think we've all heard the term recently, mm -hmm. but can you kind of break down the the benefits of you know being 8A certified? Uh, as a business owner and you know what the process looks like yeah so i, I think really quickly uh, uh who's eligible for the 8a business development program because it's a bit different than the uh, mbe programs in the state the minority certifications um uh this would be the ones that uh most minority business would apply for because the federal government doesn't have like an mbe but it's the acronym stands for small disadvantaged business and that is defined as a business who is both socially and economically disadvantaged. So you like the SETI? Yep. Pretty much like the SETI. Okay. Small economic disadvantage yeah. individual, right? Yeah. So that's the premise around that certification because it's based on the individual. Okay. So technically it's pretty much the same as the SETI entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah. And we use the SETI a lot for qualify qualifying for federal yeah. programs mm -hmm. uh, and we have another one called bsb very small business yeah and i feel like what you're describing kind of it's the same audience it is okay. it is okay. and so if, if you're qualified as a SETI business you're likely going to be qualified for this eight day program okay and uh so it's a nine-year business development program but the two cool elements about it there's actually three cool elements but the, the ones everybody sees is that you can get sole source contracts, multi-million dollar sole source contracts from the federal government without even having to compete, which normally that competition threshold is just at $10,000 um, and then everybody has to compete. So you can do that. And then there's also set aside contracts where only 8A firms that actually get certified through the SBA can get there and compete on those programs. So what that looks like is when a uh, small business goes to register at SAM.gov, which is the central yep. point of registration, they will self-certify as a small disadvantaged business. And there's a question, you can self-certify to that. 
but to get the advantage, you actually have to actually get certified officially through the SBA and they will vet you out and say, okay, you're official. Once you're official, you can actually take part in these programs. And like I said, the two big ones are the set aside and the sole source, but the SBA also does some other things to help educate them and, and, and help to support them. That was really one of my big roles when I was at the SBA out of, out of the Portland district office there. So, um, but yeah, it's a good program. The third benefit that not a lot of people look at is teaming opportunities. And what this is, is that some of the larger businesses out there, or maybe the ones that don't have a certification, they know the benefit and the value that that certification could bring. So, the federal government creates this unique environment where usually as a small business, you would be begging to get on a larger businesses team. Well, this is a little bit in reverse now because only these businesses, I mean, they have access to billions of dollars of set aside contracts. And there's also, you know, set asides for, you know, women owned businesses, service disabled veterans and, and, and more. So some small businesses might have two, three or four certifications and that, opens up billions of dollars of opportunity that even the larger businesses can't go after, but they still want to play in that space, right? So now they come behind and support these small businesses and and help the, to bolster up some of their weaknesses. So it's kind of like a win-win uh, because in, in other words, a lot of small businesses might be weak in some areas to win the contract. It actually incentivizes the larger firms to come in and help them. Yeah, we've actually done all three and part of, you know, growing and competing against the big companies, you have to be able to do all three. You have to find those sole source contracts because a contract could take eight to 10 months and a small business doesn't have that kind of runway. Right. <laughs> like going for a pre-bid and then a bid and then notice to award and it's just, you know, it yeah. can take a long time. Can you talk to me about, I know you don't directly deal with businesses, but you have any kind of success stories of businesses that uh, if they didn't have these contracts would have had a, a long and kind of more oh. windy road. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, we have a, my favorite success story is one of the, uh, we had a native owned firm um, uh, from Arkansas uh, 2018. We did a teaming uh, cohort. So it was uh, 10 weeks. They came into this cohort and uh, went through, they were, attempting to win government contracts and were failing at it. They had kind of given up for a while, but then they saw this, this teaming class that we were doing. So they went through it and um, uh, I got to give, you know, credit to the entrepreneur for applying what he learned out of it uh, because, you know, education without action, it goes nowhere. So, but he took the action. He started building teams uh, within his first year after the program. He won a $3 million contract with the Army Corps. And last time I talked to him, uh, at the end of last year, he was winning multi-billion dollar contracts yeah. as a small business. Yeah. So, and that is a testament really to the power of teaming because, you know, small, small businesses can't win multi-billion dollar contracts on their own. I will say this too, though. There's a lot of opportunity for people uh, at the smaller level, but it's not always visible because there's a dollar threshold where the agencies are required to publish. So one of the big things when people come through our foundational series, which uh, is at govology.com forward slash fundamentals, I really try to teach people, you need to find your fit. 
because maybe going after the multi-million dollar contracts is not where you need to be right now. And don't forget to look for opportunities in the subcontracting realm uh, under the, the government contracts. That's a good way to kind of get your foot in the door and ramp up. And for a lot of businesses, that might be where they stay. Uh, some might do, might just want to shoot directly for the prime contracts and some do a little bit of both. So finding your fit in here is really important. And the one thing I would say to uh, anybody that's kind of in a, a capacity to help a small business, either being at an SBDC or an economic development center, I hear a lot of folks say, you're too small for this. You know, you're not ready. But this is where I say, if you really understood the market, you would know that don't just really take, look at it from the multi-million dollar contract. Look at it for the thousands of, you know, probably 80% of the transactions that the government does on an individual basis are under this threshold that doesn't even get publicized. A lot of those are under micro-purchase under 10,000 where competition is not even required. The hard part of that is that typically it doesn't get publicized, so you don't have a way to get them sent to you in a bid notification system. But if you know how to do a little bit of a outreach, that's how you can actually get a lot of good business. And this is actually how we built our business primarily as a subcontractor to a lot of the nonprofit centers out there holding government grants. We brought something of value, small uh, economical package that they could actually build into their budget. and those little packages for the first 10 years really, you know, helped out out a lot. And only now are we, because we have a a little bit of a a larger team now, we went from like one to three people. (laughs) And so, but now we are going after more direct contracts with the federal government where I didn't want to pursue that before directly, even though I had the knowledge to get that, but you also got to understand as a solopreneur, you know, you're trying to do sales, you're marketing, performing the contracts, and you want to make sure you're performing well. And within all of those things, on top of that, the government does burden small businesses with extra reporting and administrative requirements. And I did, I don't like paperwork too much, so I've been kind of holding off until I can get somebody that is going to handle the yeah. paperwork. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, just kind of thinking through that one piece you had mentioned, which is, knowing where to look yeah can we go a little bit deeper because if i know registering on sam.gov does every deal even the micro deals get published or no so how do you get to those because if you're trying to help small business they got to start somewhere right right? it's not going to start with a multi-million dollar deal for all the things you said there's going to be auditing there's going to be reporting compliance like even if you had the goods and service you don't want to start with a multi-million dollar deal because if you get audited and you don't perform yeah you're you know you're going to get with whatever some of in a blacklist or whatever and yep, not be yep. able to grow how do you start small and where do you find the deals yeah so again in that fundamental series that i was talking about uh we have a market research uh training on there and this is really the key and i, and I tell people that market research is even more important than writing the proposals because yes writing a compliant proposal is important to win you know or else you'll get thrown out but which we have training on that too by the way but really the ability to see the marketplace, see who's winning the contracts out there. Um, And as you look at things, and if you sign up, for example, uh, uh, the Apex Accelerators have a nice little bid notification service. So as you're watching those in your email box, 
even if you're not able to do those directly yourself, open them up, look at the scopes of work inside of those solicitations. A lot of the larger businesses uh, over certain dollar thresholds are required to have a subcontracting plan to maximize participation by small businesses. So you could sit there and wait for somebody to call you, you know, and get in the databases, which is a mistake a lot of people make. They register and then they just kind of sit there and kind of maybe wait for something to hit their inbox or a contractor to call them up. But if you're proactive and you're doing market research and, and we show people how to do this in some of our trainings, because uh, you could go to usaspending.gov, for example, and it's got every contract and grant that the government has done for, for years. And you can start to see who's getting those contracts. And, and so it kind of starts to help you get a picture. But again, yeah, watching those solicitations that are coming through um, and, and even ones that have already happened. I, I, I tell some of the folks in, in uh, a cohort we've got going on now, the last assignment that I give them is to go to sam.gov go back a year and look at kind of anything that might be relevant to your business and look at that solicitation, look at what the scope of work was, look at who won that award. And if you do a, a small part of that, uh, you could participate. I was just looking at one the other day uh, that had hit my inbox, opened it up and it was uh, a contract for nurse training. And, and I'm like, well, I can't do that. You know, I don't have the training for nurses. Um, but as I read through that, uh, one line stuck out because they were looking for an online training. Now, most online training providers don't do webinars. We do webinars. So I highlighted the contractor shall also provide webinars. And so I'm going to submit uh, to the agency that, hey, you know, I can't do the whole thing, uh, but I can do this part. So they could do maybe a partial small business set aside at that point. Uh, they could let the contractor that wins know that there's a small business that does this. And so this, and I can reach out to the person who wins if I'm tracking and say, hey, are you guys uh, subbing this out or are you doing this in-house? And so that's kind of how you kind of search around for, for opportunities like this. And then once you kind of find those partners, you, you, you will kind of know then, like, so for example, if, if you're in construction, um, you, you'll know the title of the person that you kind of need to reach out to the construction firms. You'll be watching opportunities. You, you'll kind of have this really good thing that you do. And that's the other thing I wanted to say about it is just like really be the best at what you do because regardless of the certifications that you've got, you've got to always lead with value. And there, you know, you might have a certification, but there might also be a hundred other people in that large businesses database. So while, the 99 are sitting there waiting for the contractor to reach out to them to give them a quote. Maybe you're building a relationship with them and like you're a bit more proactive and maybe you really work hard to bring the best value out of all of them so that once they know that, hey, this this company brings the best quality price and, and we love working with them, um, you know, they don't have any requirements to compete these things out. You know, okay. they like, they go with the people that they really yeah, the like and trust. Yeah. yeah. So no, that's fantastic. So uh, in terms of the, the sequence, we have the businesses have to get on Sam.gov, right? Like that's uh, a requirement. Uh, can all businesses register 
for some of these programs or you know do, you have, do they have to first see if they qualify mm -hmm. is there a way like so you said go to online to the government website see if you can qualify for these programs yeah so with the when i do my foundational training we have a sequence okay and like the first training is like giving a big picture so kind of giving clarity about the yeah. government marketplace uh and then we have a market research training I want them to do the market research before they register in okay. SAM because when you go into SAM, there are some NAICS codes. These are industry yep. codes that you're going to need to plug in. Um, there's also some product service codes. So the way I teach people to research on the, the first and basic level is like, look, go in, instead of like guessing at what codes there are out there, you can go to this website and basically usaspending.gov. Uh, you could see what NAICS codes are the ones that are have the highest spin utilization yeah. so use those and once you've got that then anybody can really if they're in business can go and get registered at sam now to qualify and by the way be careful because make sure you're going to sam.gov because there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to deceive people and making them pay six hundred dollars to get registered it's the same thing as paying $75 for your EIN number when it's for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, and I gotta tell you, you know, registration support is not a bad service in and of itself, but the way some companies deceive people, yeah. you know, it's really, I hate that. And unfortunately we have a lot of those it, it clustered in the area that we operate here in Florida. Yeah. You know why I, I realized that? Because I was watching my wife start her business. When you first start your business, you're excited because you know you have to buy things. Yeah. And so you end up buying a bunch of stuff. Second and third time business owners know they're never paying for a website. They're not paying for anything. They just yeah. try to get their first contract. Right. Before they spend right. any money, right? So yeah. that that's that's a good call out. But you know, there's a lot of spam out there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because you mentioned websites, you know, and you would think. I got to get my website stood up and but when it comes to government contracting you're basically submitting a proposal so i mean everything you're putting in is on paper and i have not known one agency yet that's like well this is a great proposal but let me check out their website <laughs> yeah yeah and I've, I've seen people like killing it out there without even a website yeah, so yeah and i and i know people that have spent like three months every night building their website yeah it's like your first customer yeah you you doing all this thing <laughs> yeah. but like if you could focus that energy on going out and building the relationships doing the research and those are some of the most important things but but yeah so to answer your your last question about the eligibility so for the certification programs you do have to meet certain eligibility criteria you know, again in our fundamental series we have a small business uh certifications training that talks about all the federal programs and uh, uh usually there's a size component to it so to be a small business there's a revenue threshold and then if you are a service disabled veteran or um, a small disadvantaged business or a, a women-owned business those are the three kind of individual based certifications for the fedgov um, but there's also a hub zone certification mm -hmm which is more based upon your location yeah. that you operate in and where your employees are employed. Yeah. Is that like the smart zone? I know every state has a different program. Every state has like, there's so many zones. Yeah. It gets confusing, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause, yeah. uh, but the hub zone is a federal program okay. and the, there is confusion because some states have a hub program, but yeah. it's not like hub zone, zone, like the federal. Okay. So okay. yeah. 
Okay. So in closing, uh, if you can kind of just speak to, you know, what excites you uh, as you look at like, you know, the next two to three years, just in your own business, like where do you see government contracting going? Um, I know there's a great spotlight on small businesses like there's never been before. I think COVID kind of helped yeah. uh, that spotlight. But as you know, we know that we haven't really changed the prob probability of success of a small business. It's still the same. Yeah. You know, what, what are you most excited about as you look at, you know, your own work and kind yeah. of this ecosystem of small businesses? What I'm most excited about today is that I believe that after a decade of being on the buyer side, and also then working, I worked for four years as a PTAC, now Apex Accelerator counselor myself uh, with a lot of small businesses. I've studied this market for a decade and I've participated and had success in the marketplace. And now all of the training that I've built out in my cohorts and in the fundamental series are based upon what I've learned, you know, and I, ca I can't say that like at the beginning, I was awesome when I was at the SBA, you know, because I had just come out of contracting and to not have had gone through it yet for myself. But this is what I'm really excited about now because we were, we're running a lot of cohorts that we call procurement readiness accelerators, really. It's like taking a small business from like knowing nothing and over a 10 week period, progressively learning a little bit more and they're learning about where they fit in the market and, and get they're getting all of the basic, the registration set up, their capability statements, they're learning about certifications and they're going after those. But where we in that program is that, okay, that's about 80% of the way to true procurement readiness, right? So procurement ready is that like, hey, you're ready for this agency to hire you right now today and you are ready to win the contract. But what you know, I've learned over time is that uh, procurement readiness is different for every business and it's different per every opportunity. Whereas you may be ready for one opportunity, but the next one has totally different requirements. So again, this is why I'm excited because whereas most people just sit there and wait for it to hit their inbox and then they open it and like, oh, I can't do that because this, I can't do it because of that. Well, now what we do in, through this process of market research and forecasting and looking at historical solicitations that's going to look a lot like the ones coming up. Now, not only can you start to prepare your proposal well in advance, so maybe 80% of it's already written and you just kind of cut and paste it, but you also can get around what I call the showstoppers. And these are the things that kind of come out of the blue where, oh, well, I realize I don't have this certification or this qualification or this specification that the government is looking for. And sometimes it takes a while to get those things. And these solicitation windows are so short. And this is where I've seen businesses fail a lot because getting through SAM registration and your certification is the basics. You know, this final frontier of procurement readiness is really what excites me, you know, and, and we're seeing a lot of success from the businesses that come through the program and just makes all the work really heartwarming and worthwhile. Yeah, well, we're gonna add a lot of this, uh, what you shared in the show notes. So the work on govology.com, we're gonna add some of those links, also the other ones that you said where you can find government spending, et cetera. Um, and I'm, you know, like you really excited about 
government procurement and government contracting because uh, you're going after very sustainable revenue streams yes. and streams that you can build off of yep. versus you go to nonprofits or corporate and they're always tied down by budgets and mm -hmm. budget cuts. So the government, you do good work, there's always more work to be done. Yeah, uh, they're the but biggest buyer. <laughs> I will say this though, even with the nonprofits, if you're built into a budget that is a uh, origin is a federal grant that keeps yeah. coming year after year, yeah, yeah. that's going to hold your, yeah. you know, because about we've got a great renewal rate. Uh, uh, we're very fortunate for that. But, but oh, we have over ninety percent from year to year of our nonprofit customers that renew. Yeah. Now, wonderful. Well. Thank you so much for Absolutely. coming and talking to us today. I know this is the kind of very uh, fact-based education that can help our practitioners uh, as they support small businesses. And uh, I'm really appreciative of your time. Hey, thank you for having me today. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast about entrepreneurship-led economic development. Special thanks to our renowned guests for joining us. You can find show notes, more episodes, send us ideas, and subscribe to our newsletter on our website, economicimpactcatalyst.com. Breaking Down Barriers is a presentation of Economic Impact Catalyst and is edited by Lauren Bernard. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Breaking Down Barriers, available for free wherever you listen to your podcasts.